I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, we are so excited today here at our Hollywood Life podcast studio. We have a very special guest, the legendary designer, Tommy Hilfiger, and he's got some really big news. Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Tommy Hilfiger in the thank podcast you. studio. What a treat. Thanks for coming in, Tommy. That's a great welcome. Well, and that's, yes, our, our welcome from our audience and Gino, our producer. And so here's the, the biggest, the big news, and we've got lots of other news to talk about too, but Tommy, you have just written your first book, a bio, called American Dreamer, and it What com- a fitting title, right? <laughs> Such a fitting title. Yeah, how did you come up with the title, American Dreamer? We were thinking about the American Dream, mm-hmm. because I really lived the American Dream, we were thinking of uh, American Classic. And nobody's more known for American iconography than Tommy Hilfiger, right? Thank you. Thank you. We That's pride ourselves on being Americana. Yeah. Well, it's your, it's your signature. It really Me is. the flag. It's on all of your logos. Red, white, and blue. That's right. In fact, we were both at Tommy's fashion show, the GGX Tommy show here in New York down at the... Oh, what was it? The ports? And it, it was, was at like the pier. The pier. God, it was so beautiful. It was like all in the kind of a theme of like a carnival. Very like, I don't know. What era was that as far as the Americana goes? I, I think it's really 50s, 60s. Yeah. It's really a throwback, but modernized for today. What a cool show that was. Taylor Swift was uh, there you. in the audience. Yeah, wow. I love that. And we you were played her away. song yeah. and she was singing along in the front row. And, you know, congratulations on the Gigi... Uh, loves Tommy collection because it was, I mean, that runway show was so much fun. It was the highlight of Fashion Week. Thank you. It was a lot of fun to produce and plan. Took us a long time. Took us a year to plan it. It must have. There was like helicopters flying over. And then after the show was over, they just opened up. It was like a theme park. And they just opened up the park for everyone to like go on rides. There was like a Ferris wheel and everything. And they had like cotton candy and like all the, it was, it was so cool. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys, it must have taken a year because no detail was left unturned and untouched. You did have all the food and tattoo booths. And the thing is, though, I just, I don't want to take away from the collection, though. When we saw that, it was such a beautiful collection of clothing. It's so wearable, so fun. And I loved how you had all the models, except for Gigi walking in twos down, um, down the pier, which was the runway. We needed doubles because the runway was so large. We had... Uh, models coming from both ends, but uh, I, I think that Gigi's involvement made the collection what it was because she was intimately involved in designing with us. She chose the buttons, she chose the colors, she really was very intent on doing all the jeans high-waisted, and she, she was very particular and very involved. 
How did you meet Gigi, and how did you know that she'd be so good at designing? Well, I knew her family, uh, Yolanda and her uh, ex-stepdad, David. Right, Fa- David Foster. Foster. Uh, I knew Bella, and uh, I thought that we should at least put Gigi on the runway. So a few seasons ago, I guess maybe almost three years ago, we put her on the runway, wow. and she was really such a star. She also, obviously, as you guys know better than anyone else, is a huge social media star and has an enormous following and an an enormous fan base. So while we put her on the runway, we thought, okay, one out of 50 models, she's beautiful, she fits in, she's the all-American looking... uh, sexy girl with an exotic twist. She is. So, She's wholesome and sexy. And, and, but she received over a billion impressions. Wow. The, the night of our show in 2014. So we thought, okay, well, she's got to be our girl. And we invited her in to collab with us, and here we are. You're always there with the people who are hot like that, though. Like Kendall, we were at your show, show at the Armory a couple of years ago, and Kendall Jenner walked sort of when yeah, she you was... You were the first to yeah. have Kendall and to feature her at the Armory and have her come out in the show. And that's when she was just starting to get her runway, like, well, her modeling career off the ground. Well, we had Kendall and Kylie at uh, the Race to Erase MS event mm-hmm. in, LA. In, in Beverly Hills in L.A., like five years ago. And this is when they were still in the early years of high school, but thinking about modeling and hoping to model. We knew the family. Uh, Chris Jenner is a very good friend. Very, very smart also, by oh, the way. Oh, super smart. And we admire her here at Hollywood Life. And so well, I think everyone admires her because she's got such business acumen. But we uh, put the girls on the runway. People loved them. So when Kendall came to New York to model for Fashion Week, we were the first to put her on the runway, and she was a superstar with Elizabeth, or I mean, Georgia Jagger, Elizabeth Jagger. Right, I remember that show. And uh, this is when we first started thinking that, you know, I I want a whole new range of models. I want social media stars, Hollywood stars, music stars, not just models. Right. And it makes it much more interesting and exciting. Right, and also, you also like to have young women who are modeling who are not super skinny and who are you know, much more reflective of real young women. And I think that's why they relate to them, too. I like normal. And yeah. I, I think that uh, women who are anorexic or starve themselves or too thin are not great examples. You know, I have daughters, I have a wife, and I think it's much more appealing to see a woman who is looking like a real woman as mm-hmm. opposed to a, a skeleton. And I've tried to talk to the agencies about it and the magazines about it. And I think there's some movement towards healthier-looking girls, but certainly Kendall and Gigi are the epitome of beauty, health, and the cool factor beyond. Yeah, because, yeah, they, they, you know, they eat... They work out, they do normal things, as well as modeling and extending their careers. But with, with Gigi, did you get a sense from just talking to her that she had a great fashion sense, that she would be so good at collaborating to create a collection? You know, we see these girls off the runway, probably more than we see them on the runway. They come for castings, they come for fittings, we know them, we see, we see what they're wearing in, in real life. 
And if they're not wearing rock and roll t-shirts with high-waisted skinny jeans or uh, sweats of some sort, they're in a casual look that is their own look. And it's really a style coming from Southern California I really love because it's super cash, super cool. And I thought, you know, Gigi's got incredible taste. So why don't we bring her into the design room, give her, so to speak, the sketch pad, and say, go for it. Wow. So we, that's what we did. There was one more cool person at your show that I ran into backstage when I was shooting some B-roll of the models getting ready, and that was Haley Baldwin was there as well, looking amazing, and her dad, Stephen Baldwin, was there, and she walked around and she looked incredible. Um, how did you choose her? Well, Haley is a superstar in her own right. Haley has been the star of our jeans campaign, the Hilfiger denim campaign with Lucky Blue. And we thought that they teamed up as a great-looking couple. Yeah. Haley is not only beautiful, but incredibly spiritual, really bright. She's got an amazing personality. I mean, when you, her skin is flawless. Her yeah, hair, she's her hair. Right. I mean, she's, man. She's got so it. lucky. She's got it all. <laughs> and, and by the way, they're all friends. Yeah, yes. They all hang out together. And it's not like in the 80s when Claudia and Naomi and, and, and Cindy Crawford <laughs> were all like <laughs> Those fight, were the, fight, arguing with each other. Yeah. And, and right, the supermodels of old. But a lot of them would hang out too. I mean, there were the, not Naomi, I don't think, was some of them. But some of them were friendly. Well, Naomi and Kate are besties, and they have been besties for a long time. So they hang. But it's not like it is today. Today, it's the girl squad. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift is part of the squad. Martha Hunt. They've got a whole incredible group of of girls they like to have fun but they're, they're they live pretty in a, in a very clean way as well well that's really good yes that's and that's another thing that we really like about Gigi and Kendall because it's so clear that they live in a very clean way like they've got good work habits they go to bed they're not out partying all the time I mean you know we went through years in the past where models were partying a lot do you think do you think that's because they have parents who kind of know what's up their parents are in the industry so they're not naive about what goes on they they do have good families but I think also yeah who've given them good values but I think also they work with people like Tommy who I think give them good advice too well, you know, the, the idea is that if you have to get up and, and work in the morning, get to bed early. Yeah. And if you're going to eat, <laughs> noted. If, 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 if you're going to eat, you, you have choices. Yeah. I mean, I've been to dinner at Chris uh, Jenner's house where she serves kale salad, uh, steamed fish, great vegetables, mm -hmm. and fruit for dessert. It's not like. Uh, it was years back where people would have like double cheeseburgers, yeah. French fries, and and chocolate sundaes for dessert. So right. it, you know, I think all uh, also a lot of it is California lifestyle. I mean, if you go to Yolanda's house, Yolanda is as healthy as 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 she could possibly be, also because she's been affected by Lyme disease. But right. but there is this sort of like uh, healthy living in the air green juices, jogging on the beach. I mean, just a healthier lifestyle in, in, in L.A. I wish that would come to New York, Bonnie, because we out here, we are not living right. We are no. running ourselves into the ground well, in this Speak for city. yourself, Gino. <laughs> I think that there's lots of young people and people in the modeling and show business that understand that today. They've seen the mistakes of previous decades that you can't live a party lifestyle and have it be a long lifestyle and a long career. And I think that these young women are in it for the long haul. They want to have long careers. And also, they are brands unto themselves. Right. They're no longer just beautiful models who have a finite career. They have uh, 
the opportunity to have a career forever. Is that something you talk about in the book at all? The longevity you've had as a designer and as a public figure and as like an influencer? Well, let me just ask, first of all, like why you decided to write the book now? Like, let's start with that. Okay, and I'll answer that question in a second yes. because it's very much a part of the book and it's a great question. Okay, thank you. But, uh, I, you know, I was asked to write a book a few years back and I considered it and then I got cold feet. I said, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not going to do it right now. And maybe I should wait until I'm much older. But then I was thinking, if I wait until I'm much older, I might forget a lot. And <laughs> That's true. Very practical. <laughs> I, I, I've been in it for a long time. So I, I, I really didn't want to forget all of the great, interesting, fun things that, that I experienced. So I started out with a writer uh, telling stories about when I was very young as young as, as far back as I could remember, like as a child, as a child, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like five years old, wow. all, all the way to till today. Unfortunately, the book went into printing just before we did the extravaganza with with Gigi. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, very little of you know w- of the outcome of that, which was beyond phenomenal, as you all know. But. Uh, Look, I, I talk about everything in the book. I'm very transparent and very open. How long did it take you to do the book? About 18 months. Oh, that's actually pretty quick for a book. Well, it, it, it was dragging a bit, and then I said, okay, now we have to meet more times a week. But it happened after Diane von Furstenberg gave me her book. And I read it over Christmas vacation the year before last. And I was thinking, oh, my God. She's so transparent. She leaves nothing out. She just opened herself up, and I didn't want to put the book down. So I thought, you know, I've got to start over. I'm going to be an open book. I'm going to be totally transparent and be as honest as I possibly could imagine being without hiding anything. What's something that you sort of had a debate in your own mind about whether or not you were able to share? Because I know when th- things happen that are maybe not the most flattering, it, it takes some time that goes by before you're ready to like own them, right? And did you have something that you struggled with admitting in the book? Look, I've had a lot of ups and downs over the years. I, I started a business when I was a teenager. I had a bankruptcy when I was... And that's when in, you were in Elmira, New York, right? Small, exactly. small town. Like, it's a small city... It's I've been a, to Elmira. Yeah, it's a small town in upstate New York. I opened a jean shop, and it was successful. So I decided not to go to college, and I opened additional jean shops on college campuses in small towns in upstate New York. But I didn't know what I was doing from a business aspect. So I unfortunately went bankrupt when I was in my early 20s. So that was my MBA. <laughs> really? <laughs> Crash course. You learned like what not to do. <laughs> exactly. And I taught myself how to understand the business part of the business. So when I started Tommy Hilfiger, I was very cautious as to how to structure the business in a real, real professional sense. But when you, before you even started Tommy Hilfiger, when you went from, so your, your businesses, your jean shops went bankrupt. But um, I mean, I think you saw for yourself that you already you had an eye for what young people would like to wear and you came to New York and you were working in the garment district as a designer for other companies and um, but you had some you had success doing that I did I started 
a couple of small brands when in the early 80s when I met you, Bonnie. That's right. Bonnie gave me a cover story in Women's Wear Daily in 1982. A brand we now yeah. work with still. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just downstairs now, so they, it's come full circle on exactly. both sides. But that was my first cover story. And it was when I was doing what I'm doing now. I'm really looking at trends. I'm being relevant for the consumer today. And I was just getting my feet wet. But in your company that you had then was a very hot company. It was a very cool company. 20th century survival. Exactly. I will never forget it. And there are pictures in the book from 20th Century Survival. We had a store on Broadway, Lower Broadway, and we had uh, an incredible time. Just, just I, I think even setting the trends at the, at the time. Yeah, the pirate trend, I remember, was really big, and you had all these colored denims. I think I met my husband wearing one of your colored <laughs> denim ensembles. <laughs> okay, can I say something cool about Tommy? Is We were backstage at his show, the Tommy XGG show. It was so cool, but it was so crazy back there. Like There were so many outlets, and NBC that was there, and the Today Show. And, and because of this friendship that you guys had, Tommy made a special went out of his way to make sure that we got an interview with, with Thank him you, Tommy. And, and Gigi and it was just it would just meant so much and it was like all these big outlets like E was there and all the broadcast networks and just little us little old Hollywood life we got in there because because Tommy went out of his way for us it was just it, it really meant a lot it was very moving well I think Hollywood life has a foothold in the market that a lot of other news outlets don't have they have the inside as you guys well know because you created it on what's going on in the celebrity world. And I'm amazed at what I read some days because I think, how the hell did they find that out? <laughs> we have our ways. I mean, I, I, I know there are night crawlers you have here going out to, to clubs and hanging out in Beverly Hills and in downtown New York and all over. Yep. But you really get a lot of incredible scoops. And I think that the way you do it is the modern way. And I think the way a lot of other people doing it are antiquated, especially when you pick up a magazine and it's like, oh, wait, I heard about that or read about that two weeks ago. Right. Well, it's oh, uh, <laughs> oh wow, flattering <laughs> compliment, you. Tommy. Thank you. Well, it's very, listen, it's very hard for magazines today, as you know, and because it's very, it's very hard to sit on a story for several days and just like let it wait, whereas today... Are, and I think this is something that you're very concerned about, too, is that young women and young men, they want things now. So they want their news now, and they want their clothes now, and that's something you just plugged into, and we're one of the very first to do Shop Now, which is about the collection we've just talked about with Gigi, and that the clothes were shown, and then they were available. Like, people want to have their fingers on the pulse and be able to... Immediate Don't. gratification. That's right. That's what we all want. We, we want that. We're very impatient. We want experiences. So we, I mean, I'm listening to the consumer. The consumer is telling me he or she wants it when they see it. Exactly. They don't want to wait six months. Right. They also want to have an experience. So going to a show like we put on was a true experience. Now, speaking of something that's happening now, I, I just saw a story. Gigi posted this video to her Instagram of her in some like sort of lingerie, maybe like a Tommy Hilfiger lingerie line, but then she deleted it. Is there some breaking news here? We can cut this out if this is a, if we're um, breaking something we can't. But No, actually, Gigi is uh, modeling basically everything for Tommy Hilfiger, including being the face of our uh, the It Girl fragrance. 
and she just did her underwear campaign. Mm. So a lot of, uh, I think a lot of news outlets may look at it as, uh, you know, uh, seeing a, a woman in, in underwear and thinking it's not appropriate for oh, really? the publication. I'm not sure. but And I'm not sure why it was deleted. But Oh, it was, it was on her Instagram, and then it wasn't. So I don't, I'm not sure. I, yeah. I, I don't know why. I can only tell you that it, the, the, the photos are really beautiful, and it's not, uh, it's not overtly yeah, I sexy saw in a They're negative gorgeous. way. It's just, no. it's just wholesome. Very uh, American. Very American, very beautiful. And uh, I, I mean, I know Gigi also liked the shots, but somehow it was deleted from the Instagram. I'm sure it'll go back up at some point. Yeah. yeah. So it was just a video. Maybe she jumped the gun. Her yeah. people were like, that's not supposed to go until later. Yeah. Wait till later today. But we got a little so, sneak preview. So just getting back, though, to your, like, you did, doing the book and being very open about the challenges that you faced. Um, and also, like, about what the experiences that you had along the way. What made you get ready or feel ready to actually come out with your own name collection? Because it was a really big deal when you did, and you did it in a big way when you announced the Tommy Hilfiger collection. It was a dream of mine. When I was a teen with my own stores, I thought, you know, someday I should build my own brand. Don't know how to do it. Don't know where I'm going to get the money to do it or the know-how, but it was a dream. And uh, I had that that focus. I, I was almost obsessed with doing it. So I met a man by the name of Mohan Rajani, who owned Gloria Vanderbilt Jeans at the time. He backed me, and we launched Tommy Hilfiger with a, an ad campaign by George Lois, which was very daring. It compared me to other big designers. Nobody Calvin knew my Klein, name. Calvin Klein, Ralph Lauren, Perry Ellis, I think. Y- yes. And now Tommy Hilfiger. And everybody was talking about it at the time. It was. It was very daring. But it put you on the map. And they said, who the hell is Tommy Hilfiger? <laughs> and I, I, I thought, You had oh billboards my. everywhere. I, I, I think I really made a big mistake because I, you know, comparing myself to the titans in the industry was, uh, I, I would say, very risky. And, and prescient. At that point, I decided I had to really make clothes that would sell. So I really focused on trying to build a product line that everyone would enjoy. So, but did you really think that it was a mistake? Or did you think, uh, or was it more, oh my God, now I better get to work even harder? No, I think the, the, the following days when the press went crazy and said, who is this? He's not a designer. Who does he think he is? He's, he's a, 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 a brash uh, kid from upstate New York who knows nothing about the fashion business. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think I was really blackballed and uh, hated by the, the fashion industry for a certain amount of time. And then I had to prove myself. And over the 30-some years, I've proved that 
I have staying power and that I can evolve with the times. And I think that if you don't evolve with the times, you may as well hang it totally. up. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's still hard work. We still every single day think about what we should be doing next, how we can do something uh, great for the consumer, how we can give back, how we can continue to build the brand on a global basis. Right. Seems like uh, new designers like Kanye West is taken from the Tommy Hilfiger playbook. He's like comparing himself to Steve Jobs and Isaac God. Newton and <laughs> I don't know, Jesus, Jesus and, yeah. and whatever, you know, and the fashion industry is like, what? I don't know. But then people love those sneakers. Right. So it, it, it kind of worked. It worked yeah, for you. We've sold that, Yeezy sneakers through Hollywood life. Yeah. That, that bold move yeah. at the front, like people love Tommy to this day. Right. And you became like all of those things became true. Well, let's not talk about Tommy. Let's talk about Kanye for a second. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Kanye is, is a friend. And I've had lengthy conversations with him. Uh, he's been to my home. He's been uh, to my apartment here in New York. Uh, he's friendly with my wife, Dee. Uh, he's met my kids. He's, you know, uh, he is genius. And he does have a vision that is beyond anyone else's. I really believe that at some point in time, he is going to be one of the more powerful forces in the industry. Really? In, fa in the fashion industry. Yeah, I mean, look at Yeezy. I mean, mm -hmm. look what he did. Yeah, it's you know, The shoes are super popular. He, you know, he's disruptive. Yes. Yeah. And, and breakthrough. And I really respect that. So uh, some people criticize him for comparing himself with some geniuses in the industry, but, you know, eccentricity also goes with genius and I, I just I think he has that I really do yeah or as Kanye says name one genius that ain't crazy right <laughs> exactly but it's true well it's almost as if today because I mean we're in a time right now where the traditional like traditional fashion isn't doing as well the luxury brands aren't doing as well because you know because of economies and the middle and upper middle class doesn't have as much money. And so, and people are more invested in experiences. And it's sort of like what you think about every day and creating experiences and making your fashion accessible and relatable. And then Kanye creating experiences, it's, it's attracting people to fashion in a different way that's working. It is, and also people want to be individuals now. So years back, people would buy, I don't know, Prada head to toe. Yeah, and yeah. some people would buy uh, maybe even Louis Vuitton head to toe. Yeah. They could afford it, but it, it doesn't work that way. You could buy something from Zara, wear something vintage, wear something from Tommy, wear something from Converse, and just throw it all together. And if you like it and it feels great on you, it's cool. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's 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 about individualism. Totally. Modern culture is all about the collage and all forms of art, right? Including right. fashion now. Now, as you've gone along, you've gotten to meet, I mean, you're good friends with Kanye. You've met some really interesting people and some people that were your idols. And I know that Mick Jagger was one of your inspirations when you were growing up. And then you met him and you became friends with him. What was that like? Well, look, uh, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones are still going. So I've had such <laughs> respect for them. I've always loved the music. I've always loved their irreverent style. He's having a new baby. <laughs> I, He's really going. Look, wait, what? <laughs> Mick, yes. Mick is a one of a kind. <laughs> and his music is, is, is beyond. He's quite 
genius himself. But one of the people I really looked up to was David Bowie. Oh. And I not only loved David Bowie's music, but his chameleon-like fashion stance was so amazing because you never knew what to expect. And it was always a surprise. But the music went along with it in such a profound way. And unfortunately, we lost him. And uh, we will miss him. So you became friends on a personal level. Yes, became friends on a personal level. And I've always been obsessed with music, so I've always been around music people, musicians, and have uh, had such a, I would say, a passion for it. It's uh, been connected to my brand even with everyone from Usher to Britney Spears to Beyonce to right. well, J-Lo. Talk about discovering people. I mean, you, you, you discovered Beyonce. Like when she, when she was part of Destiny's Child, like wasn't really the Beyonce we know today. You kind of put your finger on her and you worked with her and she was their face and the representative, the ambassadress of, was it True Star? Yes. Your fragrance. Yeah. But she was playing, she was, my brother Andy, I have to credit for actually finding Destiny's Child. Was, we were doing a fashion show. So I remember the Macy's. party when she was introduced. Yeah, exactly. At being there. And she was just sitting there in the corner. You never would have known. Like, she was beautiful. You never would have known. But you knew well, that, what I, she had. Because after the performance or during the performance, you could see and feel the talent. It was, it was just beyond. So she was wearing Tommy Hilfiger. She was wearing the big logos. And uh, Andy came to me and he said, Beyonce is like the lead, you know, lead of the group. And I said, I-, I could see her being on her own someday, being a major superstar. And it happened. But it, I don't think it was that hard to figure out because watching her perform was like, you know, watching Madonna perform in the 80s. You knew something was right. there. Right. She just had, she was magnetic. Yes, exactly. And um, why, and, and it's true, you, did you work with J-Lo as well? I worked with J-Lo. I met Jennifer uh, through my brother Andy again, because Andy's a musician and very connected to the music world. So we were actually uh, talking to Britney Spears about doing a Britney collection. And then Jennifer came along and Jennifer said that she wanted to do a J-Lo collection. So we decided to launch J-Lo first, and we launched the fragrance J-Lo, which was a huge monster, success. Monster hit. And, and then we helped, uh, par- well, we partnered with Jennifer and built the J-Lo brand, which still today is a phenomenon. Yeah, and she's just so hardworking. Like, were you impressed with how hardworking she was? Like, I don't think that woman ever sleeps. Hardworking, but really very serious about being successful. And also someone who knows what she wants, knows what she doesn't want. She likes it. She doesn't like it. Jennifer, what do you think of these dresses? I love it. I hate it. I like this one. I'll I'll wear this. I would never wear that. Wow, so very decisive. Very decisive and... uh, Look, I mean, again, someone who can work 24-7 and look absolutely beautiful and flawless w- without, without any sleep and, and somehow 
uh, that natural beauty just comes through. Yeah, that's lucky. The music is such a big part of your shows. Every time I go to your show, I always have my Shazam out because sometimes there's a song. I'm just like, oh, my God, I love all these songs. And this year, um, the Calvin Harris song, This Is What You Came right. For, came on. And Taylor was s- right. sitting there singing. Did you know that was going to happen? Front row singing to the song <laughs> that they, she had this fight with Calvin over. And then she ended up recently performing it in concert. It was like a little preview of what was to come. Right. Did you we know did, they were going to do that? We, no, we knew, this, we knew the song would come on but we we put the song on because this is what you came for right you came for this experience in the tell me who figure gg fashion show this is what you came for but we didn't know taylor would sing along with it i know it kind of, she totally funny. went because with she, it for people who don't know she wrote the music and lyrics right. and calvin harris produced it and then they broke and actually, up actually we broke we broke the story that she was the one who wrote the music as well as the lyrics because he only remember they had the twitter fight and yes. he said i wrote the lyrics and then we found out she wrote the music and so we broke that story well, because he didn't admit to that. <laughs> he, no, he didn't. But look, he he lost a great girl. I mean, she's <laughs> she's amazing, and uh, the, you can say what you want about her because I know there's a lot of chit chat about her and her relationships. But we love her. Oh, she's such a superstar. Yeah, yeah. she's so oh beautiful, my God. and she's as beautiful as any one of those models. Totally. It, it, that night, I think Gigi helped her choose her outfit. Oh yeah, she was she great in those th- looked, those high boots, those red high boots oh, she they wore. Were incredible, and those and the and sailor the shorts. And but by the way, we sold out of those items that Gigi and Taylor wore. I'm not surprised. She is a classic kind of American beauty, though. As she says, she always has that red lip a look. Mm-hmm. Would you ever work with Taylor? Seems like she would be a natural fit for a Tommy collection. Just saying. Look, we <laughs> we adore Taylor. Uh, we would love the chance to to do it, but I think right now she's not focused on doing fashion. She's focused really, and rightly so, on her music and performance. But yeah. at some point in time when she wants to do fashion, we're waiting. So I Tom, love that. Tommy, what do you think that the people that you've met, like Taylor, like Beyonce, like um, David Bowie, Kanye, the, these creative people, do you feel that they have, is there something in common that they have that makes them similar? Or are they all very different? I that, think that, cr- that contributes to their success. I think it's passion. And I think that many of them have a dream. And the dream is something that sort of like hangs out in front of their eyes. And they're always reaching for it. And always, always focused on going to the next level. So this sounds like you. And it's what you did, too. So you have the same thing in common, the passion. And also, like, just tell our audience how hard you work. Because you work, um, like, when you were getting started, I'm sure you had 18-hour days. Like, you just were nonstop. And you still work incredibly hard. But when you love what you do, it's not work. It really isn't. And that's what I tell young people. I tell my children that, look, do what you love, and it's not going to be work. And if you do what you love doing on a day-to-day basis, getting up out of bed in the morning is like, wow, I can't wait to get up. And going to bed at night, oh, I have to go to sleep. I really don't want to go to sleep, but I have to. So I think the, the people who we're talking about are those special people who have this dream that they're doing everything in their power to realize. Right. Nothing comes in the way. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell definition of genius, which is basically just Hard like work. obsession. An obsession yeah. that you run into the ground really specifically until you get what you want. And but you you've done this like for 
I don't know, 45 years yes. or even less because you were a teenager when you started. And it, I think a lot of people don't understand and young people, I mean, we have Hollywood life, um, readers and, and, you know, we meet, we're always interviewing people and, you know, a lot of people think that you can make your dream happen, but do it in office hours. And it's uh, not really possible, is it? No, you have to, it's, it's 24 seven. It's on weekends. It's on holidays. It's, you're always thinking about how to better whatever you're doing. And uh, as I said before, you have to be passionate. You have to love it. But you also have to be prepared to meet obstacles along the way, roadblocks. And people who say, no, you can't do that. No, right. that can't be done. Oh, it's never been done. No, forget it. It's not going to be done. I don't take no for an answer. I never did. I don't like rules. I really like breaking any kind of rules. I'm with it, all this. Yeah, I like it. I mean, seriously, why, why would I want to do what everybody else is doing? I mean, everyone said to me, oh, you can't do this by now. We're not a fashion show. Why, why, how could you do that? You've got to change your whole way of doing things. And a lot of designers and a lot of designers in Europe say that we would never do that. Never do that. Because right, they don't even, some of them don't really want to be that close to the customer, do they? Well, I, I don't know what the reasons are. I just know that I want to listen to the customer and I, I want to make sure that we do whatever we can possibly do to meet the needs of the customer because at the end of the day, the customers are the judges and they can either make you or break you. So right. it's like a, a, a fan base. It's like when J-Lo goes out and does... Uh, uh, Jenny from the block. I mean, she's done it a million times, but her fans love it. So she does. She does. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yes, and she does. she'll do it night yeah. after night and, after night. And she'll put a slightly different slant on it from time to time. And it's like Brittany with Baby One More Time. It's like the stones with satisfaction. But you do it, and you do it because the fans love it. Yeah, you do have a tenure for this stuff, though. I remember, like, as a kid, the coolest thing to have in my elementary school and then also in my middle school was if you had that, like, Tommy Hilfiger, like, polo or that throwover jacket or whatever. It was, like, the thing, the hot thing that everyone wanted. And, you know, that was 20 years ago. And it's still true today. You know, the fact that people still love this brand and that, like, everyone's favorite social media superstar, GGTD, loves this brand. Kendall loves this brand. You know, it's like young people still want it. It's still coveted. Thank you. And that, that is a real testament. And it just seems like the way you're able to stay current and, and just keep changing and evolving, as you said, that seems to be the key, right? You're like, you're not stuck in your ways. You're, you're, you're ahead of the curve. I think you need to reinvent on a regular basis. And if you reinvent by reaching back or reaching forward, somehow you make it more relevant for today and make it different than before. So I, th I think really following that pattern is not rocket science. It's, and, not, it's and, not difficult. And so, Tommy, do you talk about all this in the book? Do you give yes. advice? I talk about all of it in the book. I talk about the, 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 the highs and lows. I talk about what we did to become successful as a brand. 
I talk about um, the, the real successes, the mistakes, and I talk about how to keep the dream alive. And you talk about your family, too, and how to have a family as well? Yes, because that's always a juggle. I mean, how do you, if you're so passionate about business and you love your family, how do you decipher when, you know, how much time to spend on business versus family? It's always a juggle. And I think, ultimately, family always wins. But it is very important to figure out that balance. Because right. the balance, as you know, Bonnie, I know your family, and I know how hard you work. It's really and, balancing it. Yeah, and not, or not balancing it. And Some just, days you don't, no. and the next day you try to make up for <laughs> yes, it. Yes, exactly. Well, it looks like the book is already available. I see it. it's on Amazon. Is it? It's yeah. available everywhere, right? Anywhere you can get a book, you can get this book, right? Yes, American Dreamer. Okay, so Hollywood Lifers, there you have it. Everything about Tommy Hilfiger, you're going to find out. He's opened himself up. He's an open book Literally. in his book, American dreamer and so go to amazon go to barnes and noble wherever and buy his book and thank, thank you, you so much tommy it's been so wonderful to talk to you great to be thank part you. of hollywood life thank you thank guys. you i smell your secrets and i'm not too perfect to ever feel this worthless how did it come down to this scrolling through your call list i don't want to lose my pride but i'm gonna fuck me up a bitch know that i kept it sexy and know i kept it fun it's something that i'm missing maybe my head for one what's worst looking jealous or crazy jealous or crazy